We're going to get started now. Hey, everybody. We're going to get started. It's 5 o'clock. Settle down. <laughs> you. Don't make me stop this meeting. <laughs> Good evening, everyone. The topic of this workshop is sponsorship. It's, it goes from 5 to 6. My name is Angie. I'm a, a compulsive overeater, and I'm one of the leaders for this meeting. And Hi. And the other speaker here is Margaret Ann. This session is being taped and will not be edited. Please note that this session might be available online or on a podcast feed, and anyone wishing to remain anonymous should use a fictitious name. Well, I just told you my name was Angie, <laughs> and I'm a compulsive reader. Will someone please volunteer to be the timer? I volunteer. Um, okay, so the leaders are going to share for uh, 20 minutes. I'm, um, I'm going to start. Um, uh, uh, I've been in the program for 20, oh, it's terrible, I don't know how long, 25, 22 years. Um, and I'm from the Ottawa area, so I've been uh, abstinent since I started. And, um, um, yeah, and I'm, so I'm just here to talk about sponsorship. I'll, I'll, um, just tell you that when I got here, I was uh, compulsively uh, eating, uh, compulsively exercising, and had come off a period of uh, starvation um, where I had starved for a, a year, and then, um, and then I ate one of my binge foods, and then I stopped starving, and I started overeating, and I, I gained back everything I had lost from starving, and, and then some. Um, I came to the program because I was hopeless and desperate. And when I got here, I saw, I, I saw hope. And uh, I saw people who had a solution. And the solution was outlined in our big book, the, the Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. That's our basic text. It's got some um, instructions. And after you go through the instructions in the big book and follow the directions, you have a spiritual awakening meaning your mind changes, your actions change, your life changes, and then you can uh, take someone else through the steps that you took. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about uh, sponsorship. So what I thought I would do for my sponsorship journey was I would tell you what it was like, uh, like kind of like we do with the, when we're talking about our, our uh, recovery journey. But for me as a sponsor, what it was like uh, when I first started um, what happened in my sponsorship journey to get me into the steps and what it's like now. So I, I have some notes. I'm just going to read them. So the first uh, few years I was in the program, I went to meetings and, um, but, and I hung out in the fellowship. I didn't do the steps or spend too much time in the big book. I was sponsoring people, which is odd because I didn't have any experience in the steps and, uh, that I could offer them. And what I had was my opinions and my advice. So that meant they came to me with their problems, and I told them what I thought they should do to solve them. And it was not very successful. <laughs> um, it wasn't helpful to them, and it was an ego-feeding proposition for me. So they needed my direction, and I gave it freely. Uh, this approach to sponsorship left me feeling frustrated and empty because the solutions I offered never brought about any positive changes in their lives. So what happened? I was repeatedly exposed to a woman in the program who was constantly going on about the big book and the steps. 
Whenever she had the opportunity, she was at the front of the room talking about how she used steps four through nine to work on a fear or that she had a resentment and she worked the steps on it. She waved the big book around a lot. In fact, hers was falling apart and it was used so much I thought she was a bit whacked. And and I vowed kind of to stay away from her, actually. Um, I was afraid of her. After a while, I couldn't deny that she had something going on, so I asked her to sponsor me, and she immediately started taking me through the steps as they are laid out in the basic text, Alcoholics Anonymous. Joe and Charlie were coming to Montreal, and she suggested we go spend the weekend studying the book with them. I had a spiritual experience on that weekend, and the book Alcoholics Anonymous and its program of recovery came alive for me. So the spiritual experience is that we set aside old ideas and we adopt new ones. And what I realized was that I couldn't do this on my own, that I had to go outside of myself for help, and perhaps I should get busy and get into the book. When I got back from the conference, however, I was a changed sponsor. I'm a people pleaser, and I was afraid to tell people the truth for fear they wouldn't like me, but now I wanted my sponsees to start going through the book too and working the steps. Needless to say, some of them didn't like this new method of sponsorship, and they stopped calling me. I continued to go through the steps with my sponsor, and I repeated them with those working with me, and it was repetitious. But every time I took them through the steps, I went through them again myself. So what's it like now? I've, I've sponsored a number of women over the years and have been given many unexpected gifts as a result. It's like when you buy perfume and they give you free cream. <laughs> free moisturizer. I love it when things like that happen. It delights me. Sponsorship is the same way. By listening to these women as they work through the steps and change their thinking in their lives, I learned patience. One of my sponsees called me every five weeks to say that she and her boyfriend, or every, for every week for five years, to say that she and her boyfriend had broken up again. I wanted to tell her to kick him to the curb. Instead, I listened week after week and directed her to the steps. If you really think about it, she was growing up emotionally. She had problems in her relationships, so she fought with her boyfriend every week. As she went through the process, she changed and matured, and today she is in a loving relationship with him, and he is her husband. At times, I didn't want to listen to her step work, and I wanted to tell her what to do. But I signed up to be a sponsor, and it required me to be patient and to let God's will unfold in her life on the schedule, especially for her. Imagine if I thought I knew it was best for her and told her what to do, and she listened to me. Working with others has turned my belief into faith. One time, uh, I was on the phone with a member who was in an acrimonious divorce. As she was telling me the details of her resentment, I was at a loss of what to offer, where to direct her next in the steps. And I recalled the big book saying, if we are unsure, we can ask God for direction. While she talked, I quietly started asking God for an intuitive thought. In my mind, I heard these words, ask her this. And it was like really like, ask her this in capital letters with exclamation marks. And so I asked her the question, which was, have you been praying for him? And that stopped her dead in her tracks. Um, the phone went silent, and she said no in a very small voice. And then I, I knew she bought into the 12-step process, so that's when I knew I had her. So I said, either you are in this or you aren't. The big book says we pray for those who we resent. She reluctantly agreed and went off to do that spiritual work. Hearing that voice in my head was the first time I recall that I asked the universe for some direction, and I got a direct response. I've had a couple instances where I've sponsored people who are in terrible financial difficulties. Um, I had one uh, member who uh, really, she, 
she was going to be out on the street, and I, I suggested she do whatever she could to help herself, and in the meantime, she asked God for the money. I think we both asked her higher power for $1,500 or something like that. We weren't asking for a lottery winning. We were just being specific in our request to her higher power about what she needs. Nevertheless, when I got off the phone with her, I remember thinking, geez, I hope this works. <laughs> um, she called me a couple of days later to say that the money arrived through various methods and even from strangers. Cash came in the mail. I was amazed. I've seen the privilege of God working in other people's lives. I don't use that money thing lightly. I mean, I've been sponsoring for 22 years. I've only just recently used it again. I have a sponsee who, who has a, uh, she has, uh, she gave me permission to talk about this. Her mother is terminally ill and she's at, she works out of the house and her sister is at home and they're taking care of their mother and it's a horrible situation and they're having financial difficulty and there's no meetings where she is and she's faithful in her work. She sends me her step uh, 11 inventory every night she does what she can to exercise. She, uh, she does a food log, and she sends that to me as well. She does whatever step work I ask of her. Um, so she, her mom's mattress broke, and her car was breaking, and she's bringing income into the house. And I, I, I told her, ask God for the money. You know, like I said, I don't use this lightly. And um, I said, just ask for what you need. So... A month goes by, and I hadn't heard from her. And I was thinking, oh, boy. You know, because I really hope it works. <laughs> she called me to give me step work on her job. And she said, I found out that they didn't give me the raise I was supposed to get when they promoted me last year. And she got an $8,000 lump sum payment. And I said, wow, isn't, isn't God great? Like, if you had... If you had been given the raise, would you have saved up the money? And she said no. And I said, and it's so good because we don't even know where he's going to get the money, but he got the money from your own money. <laughs> he saved up your own money. And she said, I was asking him for $500 because I didn't want to be greedy. And she got a car and she got this mattress for her mom's bed. They needed a special kind of air mattress. Anyway, she called me a week later to tell me that Whatever toll highway she travels on, she does the easy pass, and she pays, like, monthly on the easy pass. And she got called in, and they told her that she had a, a credit on her account of 600 and some dollars. So they were going to give her $500, <laughs> and they would just keep the 100 and something on her account. So we laughed and laughed and laughed, you know. I just, um, again, I don't take that lightly. I don't go around telling people that's their higher power for money. But when you're doing the work, I believe if I ask my higher power for help, he wants to help me. So working with others as they progress through the steps has taught me about honesty and humility. When sponsees fearlessly share and reveal the truth about themselves with me, I have to be honest with them about what I see. Often, though, they share about things I need to improve in my own life. Sometimes they're sharing about their character defects, and I want to groan out loud like a knife is in my gut because they are showing me myself. This is both a humbling and wonderful gift. Having these people trust me and take risks has translated directly into my own life. In my workplace, I'm often afraid. My sponsees have given me the courage to tell the truth, to speak the truth about my limitations, and also about what I have to offer. It has allowed me to work through my own fears about my stability at home and to know that I'm okay. 
One of the most unexpected gifts of sponsorship was given to me in my own home. Um, my, my daughter is 17 now. She was 11 when, I, uh, when this occurred. And um, I have twin boys who are 22 as well. So when my daughter was 11, she'd been having a rough time at school with other girls her age. Little girls can be hard on each other, and with social media, the difficulties experienced at school followed her home right into her own bedroom where she was supposed to be safe. She reluctantly shared her difficulties with me. I saw she was in a destructive spiral with another girl in her class. What could I do? My instinct told me to take her problem to the steps. I looked at the issue with her. We talked about it openly. I shared with her how I felt when I was her age. I told her about a time when I felt jealous of another girl and explained that when that girl got attention from others, I felt like something was being taken away from me. She said, that's exactly how I feel. She was relieved to not be alone or unique with her feelings of being less than. Then we looked at her part, and I wrote out some questions for her to answer about the harm she had done. I also recommended she write a gratitude list about the other girl and about herself and her own life. Like my sponsees and the alcoholics in the big book, she went to it, illuminating every dark cranny of her behavior. She was fearless and honest in her writing. She read it all to me, and it brought me to tears. I have her permission to read it to you. What behavior have I been doing that is harmful to Paige? I have called her names, tried to compete with her about many things, talked to Taylor about her, talked to Jordan about her, told a group message who she likes, and I lied to her. How is she also harmful to me? How is it also harmful to me? It's harmful to me because it lets me sort of believe it's okay to keep doing that to her and maybe start doing it to others as well. It's also harmful to me because I don't like doing it and it's getting my emotions mixed up and I will lose a friend. How is your posting things about people in public places or by text harmful? It can be saved or taken pictures of. Anybody can see it. It might be a joke or sarcasm, but it may be taken seriously. The police or others can get involved. It's a type of bullying. You may bring in other people. They will start bullying too, and the receiver may take it so seriously that she or he might kill themselves. What could I do instead? Does this stuff sound familiar? Like, this, this mother did not come up with this stuff on her own. It's right out of the book, you know? Because I don't have anything. <laughs> I had to go to this process. She said, I could be nicer to Paige, and when I'm feeling angry with her, to try to talk it out rather than Taylor or Jordan. I could also try to be the best person I can be so that I do not have to think about what I would have dot, dot, dot. Write a list of all of Paige's good qualities, the things you like about her. She's pretty, she's nice, she listens, she has good grades, she's respectful, she's quiet, she is a good friend, she is artistic, especially with duct tape. She wears nice clothes, she is cool, she has really nice hair, she is fun, and she is funny. And then I said, write a list of, the, of things you are happy and grateful about in your life, including good things about yourself. And she wrote, Mommy, Daddy, Robin, Allie, Taylor... The rest of my friends, Chase and Mac, Grandma, Grandpa, the rest of my family, food and water, shelter, that we live in Canada, my hair, my nails, church, God, Christmas, Christianity, gymnastics. Uh, it's funny, she puts Christianity and gymnastics right beside each other. The cottage, our dental care, our doctor, our hospital, my life, my teacher, mommy, daddy, and my friends. That's really written in her handwriting. Um, I use it as a teaching tool when I'm uh, leading retreats. Um, and now that she's 17, you know, she's uh, had some difficulty again in one of her relationships, and I was able to take her through the steps. I asked her if she wanted to uh, write about her resentment, and she said she did. 
And then I said, let's go for coffee Thursday night. And we did. And then when, uh, when the girl wanted to have coffee with her, I figured she was probably ready to look at her part. And so I asked her, are you ready to look at your part? And she was. So I said, let's go for coffee and we'll, we'll go through that as well. And she did. She did that work, you know. So if you had told me that working the steps, um, well, actually, what I wanted to say about that thing with, uh, with Paige was the next week she made amends to Paige and they were not friends and they weren't enemies, but I could see that she was at peace with herself, just like this most recent thing. If you had told me that working the steps with, uh, you know, hopeless compulsive eaters would make me a better parent, I wouldn't have believed it. But when the time came for me to help my daughter, I did what I was taught in, a, in OA. I sh- shared my experience, strength, and hope, and then I took her through the steps, which changed her thinking and actions and transformed her from a powerless little girl to one who could help herself. If that doesn't demonstrate the benefits of a sponsorship, I don't know what does. The 12 steps says, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to other compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. It's clear I must have worked the steps myself to have a spiritual awakening. Then I have to try, not be perfect at, but try to carry the message of recovery to others. And finally, I have to practice these principles in my affairs. And practice implies doing something again and again. There's no better way to practice something than to teach it. I'm grateful for the opportunity to, lose, to, to learn from those who came after me, and I encourage you to extend your hand and sh- share your 12-step experience with those who come after you. It's an experience you will not want to miss. And I'll just say thank you. And um, now I'm going to... Uh, pass the mic over to Margaret Ann to share her experience. Hello, my name is Margaret Ann and I'm from Massachusetts. No, I'm kidding. I am from Massachusetts, but um, I just do that for everybody who's listening to a tape from New England, you know, they're, they're looking for a little bit of that local color. So I just, you know. And it's all downhill from here. But, um, but thank you. That was, that was really great um, hearing, hearing that, Angie. Um, um, and I, I took several notes because it really started me thinking in different directions about my own experience with, uh, with recovery and sponsorship. Um, I often like to start a qualification, well, with a qualification, that... I came into Overeaters Anonymous in February of 1990 as 215 pounds of chain-smoking suicidal fun. And if you're listening to this on tape, I can't show you my pictures, but I'm not smoking, I'm not suicidal, and I'm not 215 pounds. I've been maintaining uh, between a 75 and 80-pound weight loss since around the time of the Region 6 convention at uh, Waterville Valley, New Hampshire, in 1991, and I see one of the chairs of that convention here right now, yay, <laughs> um, which was, it, it was an amazing time in my life. I was, I was afire with evangelical OA fervor. Uh, that didn't last, but, um, well, actually, that's not true. I am still very much um, an, e- an evangelist for Overeaters Anonymous, and I still have the fervor, so I guess I'm lying about that, but um, the, the pink cloud is 
something that changes colors and textures and things over the years. Um, so I can say that I still love this fellowship and I'm still very happy to pass it on. That's, that's never left me. But at that time, I, I actually went up to that convention with my sponsor at the time. Um, and at that time, I had been going to Overeaters Anonymous, as I said, since February of 1990. And um, what I'm, what I'm, I'm actually, sorry, I'm scrolling on my phone. I'm looking for a particular passage in the big book, but you have a big book with you, right? I don't have, mine is upstairs in my room and I'll just get to it when I, when I need it. Thank you. Thank you so much. You can always find one here. So in February of 1990, when I got here, uh, I had started um, working the 12 steps and working the, the fellowship in another program. And when I arrived here, a, like many people who come in through another fellowship, I kind of thought I, I knew everything already and I didn't want to be a beginner again. And I had a sponsor. And actually my first sponsor in that other fellowship, I had seen in her house some OA literature. That might have been the first time that I was aware of OA. Um, I actually, sometime around this time, I had also taken a trip to the doctor's office and I remember seeing the brochure before you take that first compulsive bite in a literature rack at the doctor's office, which means that someone in my local area had taken the time to go to medical practices and leave OA literature. And it was a big deal. I remember taking it off the rack and the way that brochure looked back then, it had this free clip art image of somebody who totally did not belong in OA. It was just like this, you know, this businessman kind of looking quizzically, hmm, about that first compulsive bite. He didn't, he didn't look like me. He didn't look like most of the people in the meetings that I went to. But what was inside the pamphlet made a big difference because I opened it up and I read about the thinking of a compulsive overeater. And I was like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I went to the steps. And again, this is before I had any 12-step affiliation. And I read step one about food being powerless. And I'm like, yep. Step two, power greater than ourselves. Uh, that's intriguing. And then step three, nope, thank you very much. And put the pamphlet back on the rack. And, and that was it until uh, I was dragged in here in a state of reasonableness, otherwise known as desperation. And so it took me, it took me some time to get abstinent. I, I became abstinent in November of 1990. And so... Uh, when I went to that region convention, I had I had reached actually had overshot my goal weight a little bit, not a huge amount, um, and I have I I have pictures of me and my sponsor sitting by the side of a creek somewhere on the grounds of this beautiful resort in New Hampshire where the convention was, um, and at, I mean I just I was in love with my sponsor. Her name was Susan. I don't think she's been in Overeaters Anonymous. I have no idea. She moved out of the area. And honestly, of all the women that I can name that have sponsored me in Overeaters Anonymous, very few of them stayed. You know what? It doesn't matter. Something that I learned is that when I'm ready, you can't say the wrong thing to me. If I'm not ready, you can't say the right thing. And as a sponsor, it's taken me a very, very long time to really, really get that. 
So I had been going to Overeaters Anonymous meetings for quite some time until I did ask somebody to sponsor me. Um, it was a, a friend of mine was going to OA as, as well, and I started going to her meeting, which was in you know a town that was way far away from where I lived. And in the other fellowship, you know, I couldn't spit without hitting a meeting. And I'm, you know, I'm going to have to drive a half an hour to go to an OA meeting, having no idea what a luxury that would be in most parts of the world. But I live in eastern Massachusetts. So 30 minutes for a meeting was, I thought it was a long way away. But that became my home group. It was the Needham Wednesday night beginners meeting. And she was in this meeting. And my friend was using her as a sponsor. So I started to use her as a sponsor. And she was so matter-of-fact that she never um, she never gave me the impression that she was ordering me to do anything. She was just freely sharing what she had. There was nothing that I could say that could flap her. Um, whatever I was willing to do was great with her. She was just complete encouragement. She had what I wanted, and she was willing generously to share with me what she had. And so... My um, my abstinence date I call November 15th of 1990. I had no idea that my last binge was my last binge. It's All I know is that I had had a horrible Halloween. Um, if, any, if you want to hear the story of my last Halloween binging, I'll gladly share it with you. Uh, it was enough that, uh, you know, within the next couple of weeks, and I'd had, you know, moments, maybe a week or a few days of abstinence or, or something like it, what I knew at that time was that I was looking down the barrel of the oncoming holiday season, and I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it anymore. Um, I knew in the past the holiday season meant that I would ramp up my eating and you know all other manner of uh, self-destructive behaviors for a period of time. And then January 1st, I'd sign up for whatever it was, the fitness class, the diet club, or something like that. And then you know I'd get control. But by this time, I also knew that um, those days were over, that whatever new level of uh, binging, of, of being out of control with food I reached during that holiday season, that was going to be my new baseline until it went up again. And the same with my weight. I was no longer able to um, diet, and I had done so many drastic things. I had, been, I had done the liquid fasting diets. I had joined you know, the commercial weight loss programs and things like that, which are all great for people for whom those things work. But I'm a compulsive overeater, and it's never going to get at what my real problem is which, is, which is a thinking problem. So the idea of being willing to follow the suggestions of somebody who was like me, wasn't above, you know, wasn't an authority, um, wasn't a doctor, wasn't a professional. Um, that was um, that was that was a pretty big shift already for me. But as I said, you know, she she was just exactly what I needed. Um, she didn't mince words about what it is that she did and what worked for her. But as I said, she didn't. You know, I never got the impression that I had to do anything or that she would disapprove of anything that I did. She was just there to help. And I was willing and it worked. And so sometime before Thanksgiving, I started abstaining from compulsive overeating and day followed day. And Thanksgiving was followed by Christmas and Christmas was followed by New Year's. Um, and I was still abstinent 
And wow. So things really started to shift. And I don't know when it was that she said, great, well, you know, it's, why don't you start raising your hand to sponsor? What? Are you kidding me? I can't do that. Now, you know, leaving aside the fact that I was more than happy to exert control over anybody. I mean, I loved giving advice. Take my advice. I'm not using it, right? So it wasn't so much that. It was the idea that I wasn't going to do it right. I didn't know how to do it. And so she just very matter-of-factly but gently encouraged me. That's irrelevant. Um, She didn't say something that I'd heard other people say in the program, uh, which really chilled me to my core, which is I don't have time to sponsor people who don't have time to sponsor. But she just, you know, she just made it clear that it was going to be a benefit to me and that I was perfectly qualified because I had abstinence and therefore someone needed to hear how I'd gotten it. And I started to, I started to inflict my form of sponsorship on people right away. Look, I don't know. I, I sometimes wish, and I have found people that I sponsored in those early days and tried to make some form of amends. But at the other, you know, on the other hand, I was doing the best I could. Um, I'm, I'm, one of the reasons that I'm always, um, I like to speak on sponsorship and I signed up for this topic when I saw it is that I do not claim any particular skill at sponsoring. What I've got is volume. Okay. I've sponsored a lot of people in OA. So what I can share is that, um, no one ever died. Not everybody stayed and I'm not the sponsor for everybody. And I am more and more comfortable with that as each year goes on. Um, so there's there's all the clear reasons for for sponsoring. Um, I can't keep it if I don't give it away. No question about that. But one of the most important things about the sponsor-sponsee relationship that I've observed over the years is that there was nothing in my life that was anything like it. And that was a big growth thing for me. I had teachers, I had parents, I had therapists. Um, I had, you know, I had all kinds of status relationships. I had many, many complicated dynamics with people in authority and with being in authority. And this is not that I do have experience. So, when I'm working with a sponsor, uh, yeah, I, I, I want the benefit of your experience. I want, because you have something that I have not done yet. Um, you are beyond me in the path in some way. If I'm working the steps with you, then you have something. You have worked to get something that you can share with me, but I don't have it yet. So I'm willing to do what you suggest. Um, and as a sponsor... The, the difference is that, yes, I, I have something to share with my sponsees, but, you know, just like Angie said, um, at first it was just tell me what your problem is and I'm going to tell you what you need to do to solve it. And that, the, you know, my solutions are just problems for my future. Then I'm just exercising my same old defective thinking. What I learned in this program, and again, it you know, it took a very long time, is that I share the experience that I have working the 12 steps. And the 12 steps work. They worked on me, they'll work on you. I don't need to solve your money problems, your employment problems, your relationship problems. 
because this this is a new way of life. It's a it's a program of action that applies to my relationship with everything. And so if I share with you this solution that got at my defective thinking, it's going to change your thinking too. And you're going to see your problems in a new light. You don't need me to tell you to pay your bills before they cut off, you know, your, your utilities. You know that. Um, that said, you know, I, I certainly do talk to my sponsees and my sponsor about practical things, but with a spiritual basis. The purpose of this book, and I'm holding up the uh, book Alcoholics Anonymous, is to enable you to build a relationship with a power that will solve all your problems, which means that I need to redefine my problems as spiritual in nature, not as emotional, not as physical, because that's my, you know, that's what you get from me. Uh, if, if left untreated, I'm going to tell you how to get money. I'm going to tell you how to manipulate a relationship. I'm going to tell you how to get a job or something like that. And you're probably going to have the kind of results that I've had in my life when it's me driving the show. But if I share with you the spiritual solution, so what's the spiritual problem? Well, if it's a situation at work, then, you know, just as Angie was saying, chances are I need to look at the dynamics of my relationship. What have I brought to the table in this situation? Is fear calling the shots? Um, am I, do I have an expectation of somebody? In other words, I'm going to use the principles of the 12 steps to approach the problem. And that means that I am turning to a power greater than myself. I am seeking a spiritual path. I am improving my conscious contact. And just as Angie said, I personally have, um, have received that kind of guidance where just I get that intuitive thought. So as a sponsor, I can't critique my own thinking but I can see errors of thinking in yours, and that helps me as a sponsor. Um, I might be able to point out to you something, especially if we've been through the steps together, you've given me your fifth step, I talk to you all the time, I might be able to say, hey, this sounds like that time with you know, your brother, that, mm. or more often I'm going to say, I identify with that, I saw this in my situation because I, you know, in looking at your thinking, now I see how my thinking is the same. So I use my own experience to, to help my sponsees talk about what's going on in their life. Um, another way that this relationship helps me is that I will do what I suggest that you do. If I tell my sponsor I'm going to be at a meeting or I'm going to do a 10-step tonight or, you know, whatever, I might or I might not. If I suggest to my sponsee that they do that thing, I'm going to do it. You know, I don't want to be a hypocrite. So that's something that really, really, really has helped me in this situation. If you're my sponsee, you will show me that the steps work. You will show me that the fellowship um, is an important part of my life when I can't see it in myself. Um, I had a, a woman that I sponsored, and I haven't been sponsoring for that long. Yesterday, we had a conversation, and she was able to talk about all these things in her life that were changing as a result of her working her program. And she said, thank you. And at first, I wanted to say, no, no, no. You, you were the one who had the willingness to ask me for help. 
But then I was able to say, okay, thank, yeah, thank you if you recognize something that I did to help you. But, man, you are helping me so much. And I was able in that moment to reflect back to her what she has been telling me over the past months and what I'd seen in her growth. That's an amazing opportunity. Um, here's another thing. Uh, you as my sponsee will help me to pull my head out of my ass. Sorry for the language, but that's really it. Cause you know, when, when it's up there, all I can see is the darkness within kind of literally. And when you are sharing with me, I have to, I, I, I really have to be a, a conduit through which the sunlight of the spirit shines. So every day I start my day by putting the focus on the solution and that can't help but help me. Um, if you're my sponsee, you will put actions into my intentions. Again, I start my day every single day. Uh, I wake up agnostic every morning. And then I talk to my sponsees. Um, and you know, they set me right because I can't uh, be questioning what I'm talking about. When I, tell, when I share the solution with you, I really do believe it because I'm speaking from my experience. Um, and, you know, finally, if, if I'm sponsoring you, you will show me what a gift I've received. If my, and, you know, I, I haven't even talked about how I work with sponsees with food. I've never given anybody a food plan. I've shared with them the Dignity of Choice pamphlet. Um, I've shared with them my, my own experience with food plan and other things, pieces of literature and things that I've found very helpful myself in looking at my relationship with food. I don't tell people what to eat. Um, but I can reflect back to them when they tell me what they're having a problem with, and I'll ask them some of the same questions that I ask myself. I, um, I can't give anybody willingness. I try not to, I don't like to be the meeting police. Um, I just, I share how I work my program. Um, you know, and I'm talking mostly about being a sponsor and not as much as a sponsee. I have an OA sponsor who I talk to not on a regular basis, but you know, she's, but I have a larger community of people and I, you know, I make my sponsees, my sponsor as well. Um, that, you know, people that have been sponsoring for a while, when I hear them talking about the recovery in their life, I know that they've got it to share with me. So it's, you know, it's really a, a large community. Um, finally, I'm, I'm kind of wrapping this up because I think I'm, running out of time. Yeah, I am running out of time. Uh, it's the greatest gift in the world to me. Uh, a woman who, um, who I, I miss so terribly, many of you know, Judy, she passed away last year. Um, we went to so many of these conventions together. She was never my sponsor. I think a lot of people, because we hung out constantly, thought she was my sponsor. She wasn't, but I had known her for almost 30 years, and she was my sponsoring sponsor. We talked about sponsoring constantly, and the thing that she always said was, sponsoring growed me up. It really did. I'm not a listener. It made me listen. Um, I'm incredibly selfish. It made me care. I have a really difficult time accepting uh, love, thanks, and things like that. It made my, me open my heart um, to a, a reciprocal relationship. 
that I, yeah, I do help other people and they help me. And finally, this is what I wanted out of the big book. I love this passage so much. It's in Dr. Bob's Nightmare, and he talks about why he does service. I spend a great deal of time passing on what I learned to others who want and need it badly. I do it for four reasons. One, a sense of duty. This is the only way I can repay all the people who, who came before me, who, who've helped me. I can't. I've got to pass it on. Two, it is a pleasure. Three, because in doing so, I am paying my debt to the man who took time to pass it on to me. And four, because every time I do it, I take out a little more insurance for myself against a possible slip. Um, it's been working now for almost 30 years, so I think I'm just going to stick with it. Thank you. It's great to have my voice in the room so early in the convention. Have a great convention, everybody. Thanks, Margaret. And I, I too, just took a whole bunch of notes. <laughs> I just learned some awesome stuff just now. Um, okay, so um, now... Um, we will open the floor for three-minute pitches, and I will time them and signal to you uh, when you have a minute left. If you'd like to share, come up to the front of the room and form a line to the right. You, uh, or to the right. You must uh, sign the release form before you speak, and um, step up to the microphone and introduce yourself. Tell where you are from and how long you've been in OA, and we would like to remind you to remind OA members who are in other fellowships to speak only to your personal recovery in OA. And to stick to this topic of this meeting, and for those who arrive late, the topic of this meeting or this workshop is sponsorship. So the meeting is now open for sharing. It says three-minute pitches. <laughs> we can take questions after. Hi, everybody. My name is Don, a compulsive feeder and food addict. <clears throat> Thank you, Margaret Ann and Angie. Uh, just a couple of points I, I want to make about sponsorship and my, uh, well, I should say I'm from uh, uh, Bloomfield, Mass- uh, Connecticut. I'm still guessing because we haven't lived there that long, right? So don't ask me my phone number. <laughs> uh, and I've been in the program now for 36 plus, 36 and a half years. Abstinent uh, for 34 years now, and maintaining about 185-pound weight loss now for about 30 years. Um, I've been in the program a long time, obviously. Done lots and lots and lots of sponsorship because there's no choice. You know, service is not optional. It's the 12-step. And it's clearly, 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 as, as uh, the speakers have made, uh, not an option. I must give it away in order to keep it. There's no question about that. What I, the point I always like to make about sponsorship is that I am not uh, taking somebody on as a counselor or an advisor or a doctor or a therapist or a minister or whatever it may be. This is a 12-step program. I like to say 12, 12, and 9. It's a 12-step program, 12 traditions, and 9 tools. What I do with sponsees is help them, help them work that process. I just take them through the process. I'm a guide. I'm not making them well. They get well from the inside. It's Recovery is totally an inside job. So I have to be very careful that I don't insert myself in there and play counselor or teacher or whatever. Of course, I share my experience as I go along, but that's exactly what I do, just share my experience on working these steps. The steps are a wonderful transformation process 
to help me get well. But I have to be willing and take the actions that are, that are in there. And that's what I, I do with sponsees, just help them take those actions, and that's it. In my case, for about 20 years now, I have uh, only done step sponsoring. I, I don't take newcomers anymore. I basically just take people through the steps about a year or so, and then I move on to the next people on the list. And that's fi- I find the most useful for me. It's where my experience can be the most helpful, just help people through the steps. Thanks. everybody. My name is Barbara, and I come from Beverly, Massachusetts, and I am a compulsive overeater. Um, I came to this workshop specifically because I guess I wanted to learn a little bit more about sponsorship, even though I came into this program in 1983. And the first night that I was at a meeting, I heard a woman who was quite a large person and uh, heard her qualifying, and I got totally turned off. I said, no, that's not for me, and I walked out the door. And I came back again in 1984, and there was a woman qualifying. And I thought, oh, her story sounds very familiar. And it turned out she was the same person, and she had lost all her weight. And she looked absolutely wonderful. She just radiated. And I wanted what she had. So I asked her to be my sponsor, and she became my very first sponsor. And I had her for quite a number of years As long as I've been in this program, almost 35 years, I've only had three sponsors because I stick with the winners. And so anyhow, um, I had her, and she was the first person to ever walk me through the steps. And I remember writing my fourth step and going to her home. And I had my journal already, and we went through everything. And when she was done, she said to me, you know, I was afraid, like, oh, my God, what is she going to think of me because of you know, things that I had done. And she said, do you think you're the only person in the world that ever did anything like that? And so when we were done, I'll never forget it, we went to her bathroom, and we put my journal in her bathtub, and she lit a match, and she burned all those sins that I had committed for so many years. It was a wonderful experience. And as years went on, I... um got another sponsor, and, uh, and I went through the steps with her. And the sponsor I have now, I've had for 14 years. She's a beautiful, beautiful person in my life. And um, I call her every morning, faithfully, at 717, because she has someone before me, and sometimes she goes over for two minutes. So I call her at 717. Uh, that's a relationship that we had that is really wonderful. And I sponsor. I've been sponsoring for a long time. Right now I'm walking someone through her first time in the steps. And that is a great experience, you know, because the program teaches us to take and to give back. 
and um, and I'm so grateful to those sponsors that stuck with me, you know, with my ups and downs. I mean, I haven't been perfect in this program. I've gone into relapse. I've done a lot of things. But, you know, those three women that have been a part of my life stuck with me, and that was a great, great um Wonderful feeling, I guess I could say that this had happened. And so now that I'm walking through the steps with another human being, I'm giving away what those other three women gave to me. And I'm very, very grateful for this program. It has saved my life. And I am certainly not the person that walked in here 85 pounds heavier and has kept it off for a long time. So thank you. Man, grateful recovering compulsive overeater from Waterloo, Ontario. I'm so glad to be here. Sponsorship. Hmm, I love it. I have to. I love the reminder today to go to Dr. Bob's story. Uh, it's. I have to do it because I have a duty. I have a duty to those who gave so freely to me, so that I may give so freely to others. And I do it because it's a pleasure. And I wrote here, because abstinence is better. It is a pleasure to be abstinent. It is a pleasure to give things away. And because I was, um, oh, I'm losing my eyesight. Because in so doing, I'm paying a debt to the man who took the time to pass it to me. And I do owe. I owe everyone in this room. And because every time I do it, I take a little more insurance for myself against a possible slip and that's really getting out of self my my step sponsors taught me over and over and over again i only have one job when i sponsor people and that's to take them through the steps the rest is in god's hands and when i try to play god of course it doesn't work so i have to try and take people to the through the steps but when i do i'm also reminded to about the fact that we're all flowers And you can't force a flower to open till it's ready. All we can do is help them with the sunshine, help them with the soil, and help them water. And they will open, but they'll only open in their own time. And that to me, the, the, the water, the sunshine, the soil, those are that's the program. That's the steps first, the traditions, the slogans, the tools. Um For me, the most important thing about being a sponsor, one minute, thank you, is what it teaches me. It gets me so out of self, of course, but I I gain more humility and more knowledge about what's really going on in this world. But it also forces me to really look at myself because I'm a flower too and I'm gradually opening. And as I'm right where I'm supposed to be at, right this second, I can hear something that I need to look at. I need to grow on and I need to evolve and I need to develop my relationship with my higher power so that I can work through that. Thanks for listening. Hi, my name's Fred. I'm using that for this recording. Um, uh, I am having a different experience sponsoring, and I was um, hoping this would be more of a 
a question thing. Um, I go to a lot of sponsor workshops. I've um, because I want to learn how to be a better sponsor. I um, the image of the flower that the previous speaker um, was so beautiful, and um, I feel more like a bear trap. And um, I I can't tell if I'm the trap or my sponsee. I, I just I'm I'm having I'm struggling with a sponsee. And part of the problem is the way I was sponsored was not through the steps and was more of this chat-chat-chat stuff. And I don't have any experience strength in, or experience strength or hope in any of the areas where this younger person is having stuff. And um, as a sponsor in this program, you know, I don't know how many times you can say, well, what does your higher power say, or have you written about it? And um, I want Margaret Ann and Angie to tell me what to do and how to do it and take her on. Oh, you got it for me? Okay. So I, 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 I am, um, I love sponsoring. I love the idea of sponsoring, um, and I do sponsor, and I, I usually take people through the 30 questions, through the how, and um, I am now able to take them through the big book step study, and maybe that's just what I need to do with this person. And I think I'm going to stop talking. Hey, it's Margaret Ann again because uh, silence can't stand it. And I just want to put in a pitch for the sponsorship kit. If you're not familiar with the Overeaters Anonymous sponsorship kit, um, I have to say I wasn't until our integrity group put on a sponsorship workshop. And so we used it. We got the kits. Everybody got one. And then people, we had an ask it basket for people to ask sponsorship questions. And we opened the kit up and we went through it and went, hmm, what can we use in here to help us with this question? And you know what? It did. So... That's my pitch. Get the sponsorship workshop packet. I mean the sponsorship packet. And and come on up here and share. My name is Virginia. I'm from Long Island. I wanted to. <laughs> I don't really say it like that. Um, I I felt compelled to come up here because um, I kind of wandered into this um, session, um, and like everything, my go-to in life is to resist things, to resist everything. Um, I resisted coming to OA, and it saved my life. I resisted sponsoring. And it helps me um, more than I can put into words. Uh, and I resisted coming up here because I don't think I'm a great sponsor. And I figured, what do I have to say that um, could help anybody in here? Um, but that's why I do what I resist, because I know this is what makes me better. Um, sponsoring, I've 
I feel sometimes like my sponsee should sponsor me, um, and yet she'll say, you've helped me. And the steps, exactly what these women have shared um, and others, I, I don't have the answers. I'm not a doctor, although I'm in the medical field, and my sponsees ask me medical questions. You know, it's, But um, all I can say is um, anytime I go through my resistance and come out the other side um, better for it, and sponsoring has done that for me. So that's it. Thanks. Um, we'd like to thank everyone who attended this workshop, and we will now close the meeting with the serenity prayer. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference.